0: So, who is belling the cat? Ask anything,
1: night. And of course, there is no foolish question and there is no stupid question. <laughs> all questions are questions. And every question carries the potential to bring some illumination into someone else's mind. And nobody is claiming to have all the answers. Part of the joy in sharing together as fellows in this platform, in that sense, is that. We are figuring things out together. It's not like um, we have it all figured out. So that's exciting and freeing at the same time. So I'll shut up and open the floor to us. Uh, any question that you want us to discuss <clears throat> or learn from Auntie Anna? Any question?
2: Any question, Lord? Uh, not-
1: <laughs> so, were you waiting for, for me to probe you before?
2: <laughs> so I, have to be, I have to be circumspect. Isn't it? Um, I know this is in relation really to what we did in the Bible study, but I'll give a background then ask you the question. So, in our Bible study yesterday, we did, um, we treated First Corinthians 8, and Collard um, did some, oh, Pastor Collard did some.
1: Collard is fine.
2: What's that word? You should have related some words together that I thought might be useful for us to know. So, basically, the main message of the first Corinthians chapter 8 was that you should not use, you should tamper your knowledge with love. We Mm -hmm. kind of gave practical example of how to do that. Say, for example, most of us as Christians, when we get to certain levels, we think and we see someone with pierced, I don't know, pierced tongue. Come to our church and they talk to us, we will look at it like, hey, this person is evil possessed. I want to draw back from them. Like when we see, people who profess, who profess to have the same faith as us, but they don't, they're not looking like it. How then do we live with them? How then do we be in the same community and just be all children of Jesus without judging them or condemning them? But then, <clears throat> sorry, Colin, the question that I add was that one time yeah okay say so for example i don't know if everybody know what they call rights to life like the pro-life choice matter
3: mm. how
2: that you should you're for you're for you're not for abortion you're for save the babies let them be born and things what the other people are like it's my body whatever i want to choose is what it is so there's those two arguments and that is it in between person i can't remember what they're called so for christendom we always go for the right to life oh don't don't do abortion and things but then when we hear that a young girl is pregnant in our church hey the way we'll talk and look at them or let me not say we because we're still part of the young people our moms the way they'll be talking here maybe two of them are talking and the lady walks past and they will stop and say oh well done no Mm. And the lady walks away and it goes like regardless of the fact that we are saying it's a right to life thing. Have you
4: experienced one before? <laughs>
2: I can imagine, I just I just pictured my mom doing this. <laughs> how <that she> would. <laughs> so so, so we, we sometimes we have this high notion of how things should be done, and when some people do make mistakes, but they have to carry the consequences of that those mistakes, like visible, obviously, pregnancy is very visible how then do we how do we create an inclusive culture where yes we don't like their sin but we like them because Christ loves them how then do we make them make our church feel like home to them that they don't have to be perfect before they come to church I I know I'm I'm rambling and I'll come back to my question I I was listening to a podcast where uh, man was talking about the church culture how about it should be it should be a hospital for the sick people like yeah. that. And, and he said, what made him start having that notion was that there was a time, a, a very a, an active woman in this church had mm-hmm. a bit of an issue. She has a very the, lots of issues at home or with her husband or something. Then she stopped coming to church and the pastor called her to say, ah, sister, something, something. Why are you not in church? And she said, I want to get myself back together before coming. So basically she's saying that she wants to fix herself outside the church, outside the community of God, outside the body of Christ. Then she wants to bring a perfect, put together self to the church. And it shouldn't be, the church should be where we are most vulnerable. Where, where my secret is saved with the fair. Where my, I don't know, like, so I'm asking, you, you, you did say, according to Romans, um, sorry, First Corinthians 8, that we should tamper our knowledge of the things we know about God with love. So how does that really play out in light of all the things, all the cancel culture going on in the world? How that, I'm sorry for people that are not Yoruba, how that a lady sang one song and be another Yoruba singer said something to her. And then people started cancelling Tukwela. It's just mad, sorry to say. It's just unbelievable how how raw we are now extremely and how extreme we are. we're failing to see that going into the world and be my disciples actually in the church you should yeah so God, you get the question sorry
1: kind of but yeah i would i would leave it open for people to chip in different thoughts from different okay. aspects of that maybe you want to Anybody might want to contribute more on that or double click on any aspect of that or give a response to the clear and not so clear questions that been put across (laughs) to us. If uh, you were nodding when she was talking, which parts do you want to reiterate or respond to as the case may be?
5: So I was thinking of another question while since Manu was talking, that's waiting for next week so that i can ask as well so but since is um since we can ask ask yeah yeah, we talked about um having to be a a a stumbling block to someone in as much as we are not a stumbling block to someone i think that's the english the bible Mm use so um like most people like there are some um strong in faith. Yeah. as we said that like we've seen a lot of singers or a lot of other like there was a time sister who said when she's listening to songs there she prefers to close her eyes mm.
3: <laughs> or,
5: <laughs> so that she doesn't look at, at all the old makeups and the hair and the thing you see the it's too much hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of thing that that person is not just right beside us and we're actually looking at that person far away on the tv or something Mm. a younger person or a weaker in faith someone that is weak in faith looking at that person and like okay she's doing it i can also do it and you feel that oh you've been told in in the house that don't wear trousers don't pierce earrings but these are christians as well they are you know but they are doing the same thing so i was just like yeah if, if i was like i was going to ask the question next so you can help us balance it as well those kind of people do we say that it's it's anyone's um are they are they being block
1: to, to a
5: weaker fate yes. when they know that piercing um their ears is not a problem
1: mm. wearing
5: trousers is nothing something like that yeah
1: that's interesting um, uh, th- there would be a need for a bit of context for those that might be hearing that for the first time, or something, or maybe that are not yet fully into that conversation. But it's a popular, it's a popular concept, and I believe that most of us, as young people, at different times, would have wrestled with questions of is this thing a sin, is that thing a sin, and things like that. Someone somewhere might have told us, or might have googled it, and found. Um, this principle that Paul was talking about in First Corinthians, eight, how that um, you, the fact that you know that you can do something personally doesn't necessarily mean you should do it. Um, so yeah, I'm still going to, uh, I'll come back to respond to both questions, but I still want us to contribute. actually starting with Anu's um, contribution, uh, she talked about the pro-life issue, um, about abortion and all of that. In the first instance, do we all agree that churches generally have that stance of you should be pro-life or maybe in your own church, they actually do support support abortion. Um, So maybe if someone has a contrary opinion on that, I'll be happy to hear about it. And then how indeed do we undo issues of, for instance, the kind of case study that she brings up when someone has fallen into some sin that eventually became public. Of course we all sin, but we don't all get to Announce our saying like pregnancy will announce what you've done when you shouldn't do it <laughs> um, and in that case so how do we then go on to relate with that, is there someone that wants to share a case study without maybe mentioning names or personal details that could be implicating um, that can also help us make more sense of that. Any contributions along that line or a similar case study. On something that was not necessarily even about pregnancy or being pro-life and avoiding abortion and all of that. Okay, if I go on.
5: So I have two, um, two different friends. Mm-hmm. One when she was pregnant, when she went to church, the way everybody used to, you know, like they, they didn't, they didn't welcome her as uh, much I will not mention the church or anything I'll just speak that way uh, <laughs> so they did it she was it wasn't so welcoming and she was always feeling so like have I done like is it bad to have a child that kind of uh, thing without officially getting married at least uh, at least even still had her husband with her okay let the letter say husband because they weren't married yet. but she had the father. <laughs> And everything with her and they were together.
1: For some people that even makes the situation worse because she's still quote unquote living insane.
3: Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and these mothers, when they see her, they'll just be like, you know, ah, well, you know, why are you doing this? And all they just mm-hmm. they didn't just give us that welcoming um that spirit and all. And then this other person, when she um she also had a baby, she was welcome. She mm. felt loved. She, in a different
1: church or the same church. In a
5: different church. All right. She felt so loved and everything. Mm. So when I hear both like both of them speak and mm. I relate it together, I'm like, okay, you've gone through a phase whereby you didn't feel that love and you decided mm. to leave. And this is another person that has gone through a phase whereby you felt the love mm-hmm. and you're ready, you're willing and ready to stay more in Christ. Mm. and to be better mm. so these things they because they, they really get to affect people mm. in different ways if we give love fine we know that okay maybe you shouldn't have done this uh-huh.
3: so bringing
5: knowledge with love together maybe you shouldn't maybe they feel you shouldn't have done this
3: fine uh-huh.
5: but now they are telling you okay you have done this, you have done it anyways. <laughs> but yeah. we, are accept- we are we are telling you you can even be you know better, you can move closer to God with it. There's no yeah. one that is condemning you. Yeah. Just be happy, you know. That kind of person she she didn't want to say, she didn't want to even like she didn't want anybody to know about it. But then receiving her with love made her free. Mm. made her to you know continue in christ and i'm sure that would have whenever she talks that i feel that has opened her to more love and helped her to even want to stay more in christ and just you know fellowship better why the other person you can see a little bit of i i I don't want to use the word damage Mm
6: -hmm. i
5: uh, i'm looking for a better word to use but but pain basically like this is someone that she she's vibrant, but like I know activities in church and all, mm-hmm. but everything just you know died like that. She doesn't really want to do those things again because where she was, they didn't welcome her while she was doing all that because she 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 was pregnant and all. So these things can actually just affect people so much and just you know make them to. Feel very bad and they don't want to continue in the things that they were doing, but yes, yeah, we still have to be strong. Anyways, we have to believe what we know. In as much as, in as much as you know it, because that's what me, I keep saying. In as much as you have been affected one way or the other, but you know the father you're serving, and you are sorry about what you did, or you know you've been able to talk to the father just be yourself you can go back to church you can make them know that see I have done something but I'm still standing I want you to be able to accept me with love and you know I, I just keep encouraging you don't have to go to another church I don't I don't see the reason we're moving to another church but that doesn't mean some some people there will not still do the same thing mm-hmm. stay there and be better stay there and give examples to people that are coming. That maybe something up, some someone like someone that will have the same story, almost the same story as you. Just stay there, be happy, serve the Lord, ask for forgiveness, and move on, and show the love in the church. That I think.
3: Thank you very
1: much. That's that's very helpful. And Anthea, I know you're raising your hand.
2: Yeah, I was going to say in reverse to what I said. Mm-hmm. Like now, now, for the first first case, if I said about the lady who who has a boyfriend got pregnant
3: mm-hmm. and
2: they reacted negatively to her.
3: Yeah.
2: For me, I'm putting myself now as a young person in the same church. Mm-hmm. If I see the reaction of those older women to the lady who got pregnant,
3: it
2: mm-hmm. might put the fear of God in me. Ah, don't do that in your life. Oh.
3: <laughs>
2: For now, if I put myself as a young person to, in the second scenario where, she got pregnant they accepted i feel like mm, okay it's actually permissible i can try and see how it goes like there's, there's a fine balance in it, isn't it there's a fine balance in the acceptance yeah. and in the discipline also mm. so for the first person she's gotten pregnant but she's still with the person so maybe she's not sorry how do we like it's all the whole dynamics is very Strange, mm-hmm. not strange I, I know the answer to it, but I just want us to discuss it. Like, is it like to the leadership of the church to sort that part out? Mm. Do they have to let the members know what measures have been taken? Mm. And how they should welcome the person or should be like, let's just flow with life, like this is how it is. Come back into our midst and start calling our mommy something, mommy something. Like you start to <laughs> thank you.
1: That's an interesting thing. I
3: don't know if someone else still has something to say on this on this matter. Damilarious, any thoughts? Sister Nike. Oh, Sister Nike, go on. (laughs) Who mentioned my my name?
7: (laughs) I don't have any um comments though. I think um if I basically covered every angle,
3: mm.
7: I personally I don't um um I like people around me that are miscellaneous. I like to have different people, with different temperament, different characters, mm. different personalities. So having uh been in a church with just one person or people with the same kind of personal or because you feel that okay you love God, you have to be in a certain way or change your personality in a certain way to fit some kind of ideal Christian in your head. Mm. Um I won't be in that church because it's just I'll probably fall asleep every time. So I don't I don't I can't imagine having Certain or particular kind of people, people are different. People have different personalities, temperament. People have different background, yeah. education. People grow up in different kinds of homes and all that. So definitely, there will be a mix of all that. Whatever shape you or whatever environment shape you doesn't change your love for God or the love God has for you. So yeah, you be a good Christian, but definitely you can't just be the same or an ideal idea of what an ideal Christian is. So I don't have that bias. I won't want to have that. I won't even want that to be around me because it's unrealistic. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Thank you, that's that's also very helpful. Um. <laughs> Any other thoughts?
3: Good evening. Yeah,
6: okay. So um, in my church we had, I think we had two cases like that. And we're discussing one thing. So there was this lady that got pregnant out of wedlock and there's this other teenager that got pregnant out of wedlock so the because I work basically in the children department and also uh, one of the mom the mommies in our children department she was saying one day like she feels like the disciplinary um, measures they take against um those um people that get pregnant out of wedlock and all that. She feels this is more affect Thing, like it affects the child more than the parents themselves and because, she, because in our church now the pastor won't go for the naming ceremony maybe they'll just send a deacon or something she feels like why should it be the child that is getting the punishment so to say so we're just discussing it know, and she was like she, she she feels it's just making the child miss misunderstand from pastoral blessings and all not that the pastor won't pray for the child at all but the the funny the, not the funny thing but the, the reality the way it is in my church the children of those people are actually in church like they are very known in church we know those children and the children department they are very active but their parents are not usually that's um like part of the church per se. Those children, they come with the grandmas, you get know. so so it's more like the parents are excluded. No, <laughs> the teenager I was even talking of, she doesn't even come to her church at all. It's just the baby and the grandma, and grandmother comes, and I don't think she even goes to any church. So it's kind of excluding them from, from church. And I feel it's it's going to cause more negative. Way way I get the fact that okay, we're trying to warn others and not make them know that okay it's wrong to um take part in matter sex and all. But in the long run, what how is it going to affect them? Is it are we disciplining them to make them say it's wrong and make them want to be better? It's almost like we're just totally excluding them. I was also thinking of it as um sister was talking about it. So that's just what I thought to share. So. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much. Uh, okay. I know you're reading yeah, up your uh, again. Okay, wait, wait for your contribution and let's hear from Damilari.
2: Mine is just a short one.
1: Okay, I know, go on. Sorry.
2: Uh, I'm just going to
3: say. Okay, it's,
2: like system where, it's like the prison system where somebody steals something, somebody goes to a shop and steals like a jar of mayonnaise. Uh Then you put him in prison for two years, where he then gets involved with cocaine, heroin, and things. He comes Uh out, he finds the outside society to be... um,
1: Inhabitable.
2: Inhabitable, but feels the prison is the best place it could be. So for just a single offense, you've made... You've turned a a simple man, a very ordinary man, to an hardened criminal by a sense of punishment. We just... yeah. It's fine to say that sometimes the punishment doesn't give us the effective change we want to see. So it might be time to just revisit our method. Thank All you. Right.
1: Thank you. Okay. Adam Larry, sorry, sorry about that. Go on. No,
0: that's no problem. Well, uh, the, 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 it's um sorry. So I I'll, 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 I don't know I should pick up from where Sister was was um was, was was talking about. Mm. I know w- uh, the truth is that <laughs> the truth is that I know we are trying to um be firm or to or to make them look like um an example that people should not aspire to become. But the truth is that at the end of the day, it still doesn't stop whether people that actually want to do it from actually doing it and actually from mm-hmm. us producing the same result. That <laughs> means the method is not a- mm. Mm. At the end of the at the end of the day, that, um, well, while I was listening to, to the question that she that she gave, that um while we are while we are in, uh, in okay, I'm coming. Let me just try to articulate myself. Okay, the the we are trying to stop other people from actually doing it, and we are also trying to um kind of punish and uh, the people that have done it. But the punishment is not the solution in itself. Actually, It's it's like um. Phrase was saying that the children end up, end up, um, suffering for um, a crime that they were were never guilty of said that we should, we should, uh, well, first of all, we should, we should, um, set the church should set a noble example that Mm. young people would aspire to want to become, and they should be vulnerable in a way that, um, that allows them to be, to be um, open to discuss anything. I think there's that missing link of um, young people being able to discuss anything with those that are ahead of them. So many of the times, when they start seeing the signs that will actually lead them to fall into these things, there's no one to um, snatch them from the, um, from the cliff. Before it becomes too late, as much as some of these things happen by accident, they don't necessarily happen by accident. If there was someone that they were so open to discuss things with, and in one of their conversations, there was a passing comment that was leading to that led to um something that w- was already going on. I don't know. I don't know if I get to what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, I'm trying. To, many times, young people want to um. Of course, some of them want to experiment, but some of them it actually happens because they are naive in a way, and mm-hmm. there was no one to actually um either model what's um model what you know there is a way that there is a way the life of um people that have gone ahead actually speaks to the life of those that are coming behind that mm-hmm. uh, serves mm-hmm. as um guidepost that um that, that that watches or keeps them judge them from certain, vulnerability, um, certain uh, vulnerabilities and mm. certain vulnerabilities. None, certain vulnerabilities. So I don't. So I, well. So that's what I would have to say. Mm. I, will, I hope it makes. I hope it makes sense. But but yeah. the, the point still is that after it happens, punishing, punishing, because I think praise was saying that that lady that gave birth is not even. It's not longer coming to church. Mm. How do we how do we correct them and not lose them? a mistake does not define a person, of course, but we're not saying that if we should go ahead making mistakes. How can we use the love of God? Of course, the love of God can chastise, can chastise, mm. but it's not love that chastises us to send us away. It's actually a love that in its chastisement draws us closer mm. to make us realize that what we have done is wrong and also um provide a good example for others. So... I know Pastor can piece it together. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I
1: totally enjoy your contribution. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. I don't know if there's any other person that still wants to say something on that before we go on to Sister Ife's question. And interestingly, my, it's looking like it might be just those two questions that we might be able to, but we'll see how, how, how our time goes. Um, we've said it all, really. So basically, this is, an issue that has to do with church discipline. And because it is a church discipline issue. I think that for the most part, there is a limit to how much we can talk about. I mean, I like to talk about the things that we have, so so to speak, control over. All of us that are here hardly have any control over our churches or denominations policy about how to discipline issues that would probably remain the way it is until you become someone with a stronger voice in that regards <laughs> or a decision maker but in the meantime so let's imagine the possible roles that we can play in this kind of scenarios um, so i'm imagining scenarios whereby god forbid I, any of us falls into this category as the I don't want to use the word victim, but yeah, that's the narrative. They are being victimized in the man of speaking. But again, of course, they are are in the wrong, clearly. We are not saying that, we are not condoning what they've done to be wrong, whatever that is. In this case, we're giving an example of um, pregnancy out of marriage. And by the way, for someone that got pregnant out of marriage, there are probably 10 other people that are having sex out of marriage. It's only that they have not become pregnant. So you don't even know. (laughs) So, too, and I've heard the word punish again and again in our rhetoric tonight. Um, I think any corrective measure should be towards, indeed, correcting. And Bible is clear about, I mean, Paul Paul would say, speak the truth to one another in love. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) And that's where the whole issue of knowledge and love, balancing things out, come together. How that plays out in the life of a church um, is multifaceted, but the part that we have control over is how does that play out in how you relate with someone that is in that kind of a situation. And so, in our own capacities. Yes, other people that have been indoctrinated in a way that makes it look like you must make someone that has made a mistake an outcast. I mean, that's an hypocritical stance for a church to take in the first instance, because the sincere truth is that none of us is perfect. (laughs) Um, And Paul would say, for instance, to the Galatians, I believe, in Galatians uh, chapter six, verse one and two thereabouts, that if anyone is has made a mistake, those of you who are spiritual should bring them up. But um, well, it goes on to say that you should do that bearing in mind that even you yourself could make the same mistake that they've made. You yourself could as well fall. And so is balancing, in other words, he's saying, whatever you do to that person in the spirit of wanting to Speak the truth in love and edify the person, build the person up. You are doing it without losing the fact that I'm equally vulnerable. Mm-hmm. If not for the grace of God, I could be Joseph Kola Waleola with 17 kids to 17 different girls today. I mean, that sounds, some of you that know me will think, ah, oh, that's unthinkable. Uh-uh, is it not just you? But the sincere truth is, there is nothing I've been able to do to, quote and unquote, be righteous in and of myself. What every single one of us is enjoying is God's grace and God's mercy. Uh, And yeah, don't ever get to a point where you think whatever you've attained or done or achieved in your spiritual work with God and your Christian growth was because of anything you did. Don't think it's because of how well you've been able to read your Bible, how, well you, how many podcasts you've listened to, how well you've fasted. Whatever it is that you could say you've done as a Christian to contribute to your spiritual growth was only made possible because somebody empowered you to do it. And so 1 Corinthians 4, 7 will say, there is nothing we have that we have not received. Um, so basically I'm saying we are the church, we may not be the church leaders but we are the church <laughs> and if every church member <clears throat> would bear this in mind that i am a product of grace and a work in progress and have that as part of the major world views that shape how you do life in and out of church it changes the game and um, another perspective that helps me to to hold all of these things in tension is the fact that just like I know was saying at the very beginning, some of us see the church as a place to be, a place for perfect people, or at least a place for saints that are always saintly. But the reality of life is that we are not always saintly and we are yet to be fully perfect. Um, if anything, the church um looks more like a should look more like a hospital because in this life there are always all sorts of accidents that happen um christian life for that matter is a warfare not a fair. and if you are in a war yes we are fighting from the victory side or yeah to put it in biblical language but then to be in a war means sometimes you receive some blows It will mean that sometimes irrespective of how gym gym you have with all your faith and you're speaking in tongues and all that you know in scripture, your accounts will go into negative sometimes, may go into negative sometimes. It will mean that uh, in spite of your faith and how much of prayers you've prayed throughout your gestation period of being pregnant, you get into the labor room and they tell you they're going to have to do a cesarean section. Now, you could still go on and say, ah, no, God for that's not me. Hey, no, I have faith, and things like that. To so the point where, so some people, I mean, just a slight um, detour or distraction. So I was ministering recently in an online event um, um, to a congregation in the United States, a youth conference. And in the event of my administration, I mentioned the fact that both of our kids were born by cesarean section. Now, it turned out that my parents were watching i don't know whether life or afterwards and that was the first time they actually found out <laughs> that we had both our kids by cs and they were like ah, how did you do it how did we not know da, 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 and things like that how did that happen and you know uh, but the point is part of the reasons why i wouldn't have been free to tell them in the first instance is that I feel like with the level of understanding that I know they have with faith and all that, it might make it look like their prayer has not been answered. Now, that's, that's, so instead of having to deal with, ah, oh God, you didn't answer our prayer in full, let me just spare you that. I am grateful and thankful for what I have. The reason why I brought in that example is because, so there are now different kind of stigmas that we give and labels and categories and expect based on our expectations and developments and experiences. And so, or maybe even our indoctrinations, uh, especially in this faith movement. So what that looks like sometimes when the reality in your life is not looking like all those things that they have said faith can do or should do, then you want to hide that because you are like, "Ah, if I expose that, that means my faith is not strong enough. I need to do something else that I'm not doing and things like that. But in reality, that's part of the Christian life. It's not always like you say it and you speak it and claim it and you name it and you get it. There are times you name it and you don't claim it. There are times that you, you make a decree and it will not be established. Not because God's word of principle in that regard does not work, but because there is a Grand Master that superintends every minute details of our life in a way that. If only he could let us into, of course we don't have the capacity to take it, but if he could let us into all that he knows that makes him permit certain things and say no to certain things and say yes or makes us feel like we heard him say yes today and then it turns out like everything did not work out as a yes as we thought we had and you're wondering what's going on. Did God change his mind? He works all of these very many details of our lives together in a way that gives Him glory. And in a way that at the end of the day, we fulfill the purpose for which we are here for. And what's that purpose again? It's to give him glory. We are here to give him pleasure. Revelations 411, for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So without dwelling too much on that, let me just double down and give land this basically to say, we are the church. We are the Christians we could as well be the lady that is pregnant out of wedlock. We could as well be the the believer that falls sick. We could as well be the Christian that gets to be positive with COVID. We could as well be just all these very many other things that you naturally think as a Christian and with all the prayers that we're praying, this should not happen, that should not happen, and that should not happen. And indeed, maybe very many of these things should not happen. And it could be that indeed we've been careless spiritually that made it happen, whatever the reason may be. But the fact is, the Christian life is a warfare and sometimes we receive blows. When we do receive blows or when our neighbor receives blows, we want to continue to be the church that is able to rally around that person, whatever that looks like, in love, to let them know, yeah, today you are the one that is recuperating. Let's do everything we can to ensure you are fully back on your feet. That could be a financial matter. That could be a health matter. That could be, basically, life happens. It could be anything. It could be losing someone that's, I mean, at an untimely time, I'm just wondering, how could that happen? Why should this happen? And things like that. (laughs) Excuse me. I was chatting with a friend earlier in the week, and she was telling me how a young pastor just died in their fellowship and how they've been praying for, I think, I don't know how many days, apparently some days that the person must come back to life. <laughs> We've heard that God has done this before. He must do it with this person. And of course, the person to now, as much as I can tell, hasn't come back. You know, And all of those kind of issues and very many other issues like that, that we won't even have time to, to think about or talk about when they do happen, either to us or to someone, if it happens to us, find that kind of community. Don't Don't isolate yourself to try and rise up on your own. You need people, basically. We're not made to do life alone. So if you are falling, find people that can raise you up. Be around people that can cry out for help if you have to. Scream at the top of your lungs, help me if you have to, but get the help that you need. And if we get to be the one on the, as neighbors to those that are falling, then be a neighbor. Jesus Christ asked, who is the neighbor amongst those three people? And those that were trying to trick him with the question, they were clear about who the neighbor was. And the irony was, in that particular scenario, the Samaritan is, of all the three people that met the guy that was wounded, the Samaritan is the most unlikely person to help. Because for centuries, Jews and Samaritans would not have anything to do with one another. But yet yeah, the Jewish man that was asking Jesus that question when God, I mean, Jesus threw it back to him at the end of his parable or narrative. We don't know whether that was a true life story or a parable to say, which of them was a neighbor to him? It was the most unlikely person. It was the one that was supposed to not even have, the one that justifiably have enough reasons to not attend to him. Yet that was the neighbor. So be the neighbor to whoever it is, uh, as the case may be. So, yeah. I'll move on to the next question. If anybody still wants to add a thought to that, or if anything I've said has raised further questions, feel free to chip it in. You can unmute yourself and go for it. But the second question sister if I asked, and I want us to, if there's anybody that has a thought on this, I'll be happy to listen and learn as well, is that, so in 1 Corinthians 8, which we've mentioned briefly, there is what this whole rhetoric about, the passage is about meat sacrifice to idols basically to put it in a nutshell and some people in the corinthian church believe what's the big deal we are christians idols are nothing we can as well go on to eat such meats especially because back in that context such meats were cheaper so you can actually go to the temple where they're worshipping idols to buy meat you can go to the regular markets to buy meats. the one you buy in the regular market will be more expensive the one you buy in all those idol temples will be much cheaper. So you save money by buying the cheaper meat and you still get good quality meat because you're supposed to be, bring the best to your idols, whatever that is. And so these people are getting that and eating and all that. And even when their unbelieving friends invite them, apparently they turn up and eat whatever food they present. But those that used to be in that kind of culture, for instance, those that used to be pagans, that are now Christians, they are wondering, how can you be eating the kind of foods that we were sacrificing to the gods we used to worship? And so that was forming two camps now, those that are meat lovers and eaters and those that are finding that disturbing. How would you do that? You are supposed to be a Christian. And so they wrote to Paul and included these amongst the many other questions they asked him. And what did Paul say, at least for that chapter eight, the full conversation extends to chapter 10, but we won't go there tonight. And that's where Sister first question is coming from. Part of what Paul said in that chapter eight is that, yes indeed idols are nothing and indeed you people that know that idols are nothing you've done well you are strong your conscience is strong your faith is strong you are the strong christians because you have an understanding that these things cannot contaminate you. even jesus said it's not what you're taking that pollutes you is what comes out of you but then he then goes on to say even though that's the case yes you know this thing but because of again your neighbor because of that guy that thinks that thing is questionable then it's better you don't do it why because if you go on to do it and the person sees you and says oh that's la eating that thing or that's la drinking bakus or whatever wine i think bakus is extinct i don't know what the beers are raining but that's la drinking xyz and the person thinks if La can do it then I should be able to do it. I mean, it's okay to, for me to do it. But deep down in the person's heart, he hasn't come to a place, the only reason or justification for doing it will be because Pastor Allah is doing it, not because he has a personal conviction that it should be done. And Pastor, Pastor Allah is supposedly acting out of his own personal conviction. Now Paul is saying whatever that matter might be, if Pastor Allah is aware that there is a sister effect that is still finding that thing questionable, It's better that Pastor Allah does not do it, even though he knows it's okay to do it. So that in doing it, Sister, if I will not get a false boldness and confidence to say, me too, I will do it, because he must be right if Pastor Allah is doing it. Because in doing that, that person is acting contrary to what he or she deeply believes, and that's sin. So in Romans 14, for instance, he ends that chapter by saying, for whatsoever is done out of faith, outside of faith, whatever you've done inconsistent with your faith, with your personal belief, he says it is sin. So that's one of the New Testament definitions of sin in that sense. Now, Sister Ife is asking, imagine now we live in a generation of social media with all these influencers, Instagram influencers, <laughs> Big Brother Nigerian influencers, and all of those different kinds of influencers out there that if we see them doing things, actually even supposedly Christian influencers now, if we see them doing things um, and we start doing them because uh-uh, Sinatchi is doing it, or Tokoyal Abi is doing it, or Nathaniel Basi is doing it, or Junseo Yeko is doing it, whatever, um, or Pastor Chris or Pastor whatever is doing it, won't that mean that they are becoming stumbling block? Is that your question, Stifet, right? Okay. So that's, that's the question before us. Would, would, would it be counted against them as being stumbling blocks to other people? That's what she's asking for. And I would be happy to see if there's anybody that has got a couple of thoughts to share on that before we tie it together. I'm hoping we can wrap up um, by half eight thereabouts, except there is any other burning question that anybody wants to ask. But I think I've enjoyed tonight already.
3: Alright,
6: I think let me go first. I think you mentioned it uh, right while you You mentioned something like if, um, such person is aware that there is someone that still that is still battling with such an, or maybe that's when the person. Because I was actually also having some thoughts about that question a while ago. In sometimes like that, wondering, okay, what does stumbling block actually really mean? How do I know I'm a stumbling block to someone by what I do? Because I can't go about explaining why I do what I do to virtually everybody I meet and all. So I think there's the place of the awareness. You know, or you know, okay, this community I belong to, this group I belong to, this is what we hold. Even though you have your own, you understand, you we are convinced, you you have your conviction, but you know that, okay, you are still around people that might still have one or two issues about it. I think that's when it comes to play that, okay. Because I don't know, some people can have issues with a whole lot of things that you just find weird. How would you bring that to play? Okay, am I supposed to stop putting on maybe earrings or... So there is, it's kind of a white thing, but I think it's more about if you're aware that there's someone around you or there is there are people around you that have issues with it, and I think that's as well
1: thank you that's that's very spot on and very helpful any other thoughts
3: um, on this Solomon for where we've not heard your voice
1: I think we've heard from practically every other person Kingsley
3: it's no also if you want to chip in you're welcome to
0: hi pastora um hi right now i do not have anything functions right now oh okay yeah
3: okay okay that's understandable um kingsley you want to say anything Perry's in the building. Okay.
1: Dr. Oh, okay, okay, that's fine. Kingsley says he's learning today. Oh bless. I prospect David. Crying stops in Jesus' name. <laughs> okay. Um that Perry, were even say something?
7: Um, what's the topic?
1: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, we, 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 the question we are on presently has to do with being a stumbling, stumbling block to other people. Um, in the context of, say, for instance, you are doing something you know it is right, um, but someone else feels it's not right. And eventually, because the person respects you or has some regard for you, or you influence the person one way or the other, then the person starts doing it, even though the person is still not fully personally convinced that it is right, um, in which case the person will be sinning according to Paul's definition of whatever you do out of it is sin. So in that case, are you a stumbling block? Um, actually, if I ask asking as it applies to uh, media influencers, so say musicians or pastors that you don't even, you're not even part of their church, but you know people that you see from the close distance of screens, as opposed to someone that you have, like, say, personal relationships with, but based on the kind of things that they are doing, you're allowing that to influence your own actions, whether or not you are personally convinced or not. Would we say that those people, those media influencers, would we say that they are being stumbling blocks to these other people on the receiving end of their ministry? it can take some time to think about <laughs> it because <laughs> i noticed i think you just joined so um but if you want to say anything about it feel free to go it
4: i think yes and no okay yeah Explain. uh no in the sense that oh but let me start this way i'll think that whatever you do so if you have influence over people mm-hmm. you have a reason so as to ask an explanation as to why you do what you do. especially uh, if it's like something very controversial and uh, not controversial, but not generally accepted. Um, example is in, the, in this case of giving. So if um, you are sort of like a sacrificial giving giver, so
8: mm-hmm. if you
4: have like an explanation as to why you give and as to why you embark on certain kind of sacrificial giving.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: But on a second thought, I think everyone has the, um, power of choice in the sense, um, in the sense that I, some things that you do might just be personal to you. Yeah. And um, uh, I don't think it's something like everyone is required to copy based on your act. But well, I'm not sure if the influencers they make it um, that obvious that yeah, you. I'm not saying this that you have to copy this exactly as mm-hmm. I'm doing it. But it brings me back to like I think it was an act's I um, am of to the Apostle 17 about the Bereans. I would say that we are noble people because they went back to check for themselves what Paul has preached. And they went back to look at what um, they've heard. So they didn't just take everything like as Paul said it, but they had to do their own homework to know, um, yeah, to understand more. So uh, yeah, I think it's, it's one pass for the followers to do their own homework mm-hmm. to test what they've heard. And it's another thing for the influencers to say, okay, guys, um, in this matter, I'm not saying this is explicitly from God, but this is what I think in these issues. I think one of of the other things in Christian, it is, I think there is a difference between the fact and your interpretation. And my brain draw to 2021. And it might say maybe uh, the last day is free my compound or flesh and something like that may happen. But that's the fact, but I might interpret it to be, okay, maybe in 2021, every young person should should start speaking tongues or something like that. So that, that that might be my own interpretation, which might not necessarily it might be true in some shades, but might not be entirely true in every
3: circumstance.
4: Of it, it's circumstances, yeah, something like that. So um, I think that's one point of people saying that okay, this is my own interpretation of this verse, or mm-hmm. this is what I actually think this verse is saying. Yeah, it's not left for you to like digest it on your own.
3: Yeah,
4: I mean, yeah. What more common example would be the uh, sequence of end time. If you listen to like Five Preachers, there that is
3: That's
4: different. Of yeah, and the of, uh, as to what, what event will happen for, uh, next or the other. I mean, mm-hmm. personally, I, don't, I I wouldn't say this one is right or wrong, but for if you want to know more, I think it's best, easy, best to like also like go and do, do your own homework and find out for yourself.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: That's brilliant. Thank you very much. That's very helpful. And to think you just came on board, so thank you. <laughs> um, Damilaris, if have gone.
0: Yeah, Okay. Yes. Um. Like, i um, talking about um. People that are influential, we influence. not influence on others. I, I would say that. The truth is that. We are all we are all influencing like, one person or the other.
8: Hmm.
0: And just like that, First Corinthians eight was saying that. I think, I don't know if it's in that particular passage where you were saying that if eating meat will lead your brother to stumble,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: it's better you don't eat the meat. Now, there are some things that are liberal, though, that in themselves, they are not wrong. But because of the environment you have found yourself, or people that are within your circle of influence, if you do it, it will actually... um place a stamp of approval on it, and to it make them even take it to um another extreme that is not yeah. that you didn't intend.
1: intend yeah. So
0: you should learn to um restrict yourself from doing those things, at least for the sake of saving them. Or um just like ever uh, was saying that you it's more like you have a you you have a stewardship over the influence that God gives you to wield, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. you are to guide others. Guide them from their level of, of understanding into your own level of understanding, which will not happen in a, in a day or in a while. Mm-hmm. While, of course, everybody should be billion, the truth is that most, many people are not and are, are only becoming billion face by face. But before they um, learn to um, learn to um, test things for themselves, develop their own convictions they tend to just do copy and paste of what people that they respect Mm. do because the truth is that many times when certain pastors say certain things not necessarily because it's correct people actually believe it because of who they are down before before they even go and check it
3: yeah
0: so i believe that every influence that god gives to us every choices that we make especially in the light of um, our community of believers, we must handle it as stewards of um, God's influence.
3: Mm. Because
0: if God sets you as a light on the hill, an it's a responsibility that he expects from you. Mm. So you must learn to um, bring your own shine through you. Uh, If that will mean that you not do certain things, even though in themselves, there's nothing wrong with you doing them. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of saving, like Paul would say that because he wanted to save some, the free, he became free, he wanted to save the born, he became born, he wanted to save the um, Jew, he came all things unto all men. So he had to, that means there are some certain things that he was doing, which he didn't necessarily enjoy. Mm -hmm. But because he wanted to bring some people into his level of understanding, he had to do those things. So, I believe that's. I believe uh, that's uh, Thank you.
3: Thank you very
1: much. That's helpful.
8: Uh, Sister, um, Pastor, you... can I? Oh, that's... sorry. I didn't know someone was raising up their hands. Uh... Oh, Sister what after you then. No, no worries. Oh, no,
1: never okay, mind. Right. It's
3: okay.
1: I was going to say, Kingsley, you should go on because
3: mm.
1: we don't know okay. when it starts.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
8: Okay, um, I don't know. It's been a very wonderful uh, th- th- discussion. I wanted to comment on the first topic, but I think Pastor has um uh, done justice to it. Um, what one of the things I wanted to say is, um, like, uh, the last two speakers talked about, uh, like Iberian Christians, and uh, I, I there is something I noticed in the Bible, and sometimes is anything you want on in life you know, you have a spiritual, a biblical backing. Yeah. You can decide to go and kill somebody and say that the, uh, Samson killed such a so, so, so number of people and it was the Holy Spirit that was on him and he was able to kill those people. Yeah. But the question now is, how are we reading in context or out of context? Now, this season is, the Bible says in the last days, there are going to be lots of no, uh, knowledge abound. So yeah. that means a lot of people will see claim that they receive one, uh, revelational knowledge and all that and then people are putting all sorts of things on internet. You Mm -hmm. even see people trying to um, dispute and uh, 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 challenge uh, another preacher, you know, coming online to say, oh, that this man of God said this and then Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think he's right and everything. So a lot of people just go online and say all sorts of Mm -hmm. things. Now, how do you discern what -hmm. they are saying And that's just what I want to add to all the beautiful things you've said, Uh everyone has said, and that is that you read in context few verses before the verse that you're picking up because Uh if somebody picks up and I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Uh Now, what happened in verse 15? What happened in verse 16? What happened after this uh, verse 19 on what Christ uh, strengthens you? And when you see this thing, you see the context. The man of God can bring it up now and tell you, preach with, I can do all things. And then you just go into the lion's den and, and do what? And then the lion will show you how to do things. So it's, it's, it's reading a scripture into context mm-hmm. and not just basing, because every word of God is already in the scriptures. So when you receive revelational knowledge, there should be a scripture to back up that revelational knowledge and it should be in context and not somebody just bringing in, I can do all things and then the person will go and marry two wives and tell you I can do all things through Christ as strength is me. And this thing I'm telling you, I think I've heard it as a true life story where mm-hmm. somebody is saying that the Holy Spirit led me to marry somebody's wife. <laughs> that's, the, that's the last days that we are staying on. I so we need home. to be people that have this revelation and that have this knowledge that even anything that a man of God or whoever, an influencer tells you about, you have to check, because an instance is this, there was a period when I was growing up, I I was hearing uh, people saying that, uh, somebody would say that God is leading me to the motel to go and preach. Now, some people were truly uh, truly led by God, but Mm. if you just if you decide to say, oh, because I don't want Brookingsley to now misunderstand me and go there, I will not preach to those people. No, we have to still reach out to those people. You know? So it's now a matter of teaching me you know, that it has to be a conviction. This is how you know if it's God leading you, and this is how you know if it's your conviction leading you. So I think it's more like, more like we need to start teaching brethren on how to be, how to stand on their own and know God for themselves. So that when we are meant to do something to save a soul, we are not gonna be like, no, 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 no. We are not doing this thing because we don't want this person to misunderstand us and all that, praise God. Hallelujah.
1: Anna. Thank you very much, Anna.
2: <laughs> oh, I was I forgot I was gonna say, you
1: know. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> If you remember, I you raise up your hand again. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much, Kingsley. That was that was really helpful. And same to Henry and to Damilare. I think again, just just like before, we we covered all the bases. Um, from the from 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 the way I see it, specifically First Corinthians eight is addressing a local church scenario. Uh, in which case, um, so we're talking of. Being a stumbling stumbling block to someone that you have life on life relationship with, close contact, you know yourselves, they know you, um, not in a social media influencer sense, but then we the fact is we live in in a generation or in a dispensation where that is a big deal, because there are so many voices that are that are influencing our lives today whether or not we subscribe to them to do so Um, and one of the loudest of those voices is google Um, but in any case i think that just like um Larry was saying we must bear in mind the fact that we are all influencers whether or not you have a mega platform you don't even need a platform. And what that necessarily means is, I like that phrase of, you need to steward your influence. And how do you do that? It's it's as simple as be led. You are very sure that whatever it is that you are doing, you have the approval of the Holy Spirit. Paul said as far back as the first century, follow me as I follow Christ. He's saying that with the understanding that whatever he does or he did at the time, he's doing it from the conviction that Christ has approved it. And because Christ has approved it, you can follow me. That should be our uh, modus operandi as well. So we don't, as you are opening your cupboard to, to dress up for the day, it's as simple as you yielding to when it says wear the black instead of the red, or wear the red instead of the black, and you say yes, sir, even when you have already thought about how the other color would have played out so well and matched this other thing and matched that other one, and things like that. Um, so every aspect of our lives, really, not just dressing, um, what we go to shop for, um, how we spend our time, the kind of hobbies that we engage in and things like that that's how you get to become all things to all men at least in the sense of your own sphere of influence so that the aim is so that at the end of the day you cannot stand in the face of God's mission or God's evangelistic work in saving someone or in being a witness to others or standing in the way of someone else's witness you know so for instance two christians are trying to maybe a christian is trying to reach out to a non-believer but in the same yes space and that can look like social media so you don't even have to know yourself but somebody is trying to reach out to this other person but in at the same time this other person is seeing another christian And it's looking at at both of them and saying, if Christianity will make me like that, then I don't want what this one is offering. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you are canceling out someone else's witness without even having any visible or physical conversation uh, in that sense. So this is as simple as it is. It's a weighty matter, actually, the issue of our stewardship. And the weightiness of it is not about whether or not you're going to lose your salvation. The witness of it is not about whether or not you go to a fire. If you're a child of God, you're saved, and that salvation is part of the series we've done. We've done. We've tried to ground ourselves in the assurance of our salvation. You can be saved and be sure that you're saved, and that's that. But at the end of the day, we are all going to give an account. That's the language that the Bible keeps using. There would be is a stewardship language. You will give an account. You will give a report. Of your stewardship. You would say this is what I've done and things like that. And you won't be able to doctor it, you won't be able to follow someone else's template. you will give an account that cannot be incorrect. And so what eternity will look like for each and every one of us? And even as I'm saying it, I'm feeling the weight of that that word eternity. that inconceivable length of endless time. What that, will look for each, what that will look like for each and every one of us at the end of the day is based on how we've stewarded our influence. That's one way to put it. How you've used the giftings and resources and investment that God has given you. How you've said yes to the Holy Spirit or not. How you've maximized the time that he has given you for each day or not how you've, and you can go on and on and on like that. So bearing in mind that we are all the influencers and bearing in mind that somebody in heaven, like when you stand before God, you will discover that what you have done has had eternal consequences for the lives and the souls of some people. That's scary. So what's, yeah, I don't want to implant fear because that's not,
3: that's not the
1: point. But to emphasize the fact that we don't want to wave this off. So what I'm posting on social media shouldn't just be for the fun of posting and shouldn't just be for the fun of wanting the likes and the loves and the comments. It should be because indeed, amongst other things, not even amongst other things, fundamentally, the Holy Spirit has not given me a restriction against posting it. You know, there are times you want to post stuff and there is nothing wrong, you know that there's nothing wrong with what you want to post, but yet you feel a nudge, like maybe this is not the time, maybe this is not the pace, maybe this is simply obeying all those little, little impulses, it goes a long way, because you never can tell what is happening, there are just unfathomable gigabytes of information that is beyond us, that is going on two for seven. I mean, as we are here now, many other things are happening. In fact, many other things are happening in the different spaces wherein we have logged on to this conversation, and we can't we can't figure it out all. The little we can do is to continue to trust God to lead us. So I don't know the person that my wearing the hoodie would offend, because the person thinks Christians should not know, wear hoodie. Good for you. But when I was putting this on this evening, the Holy Spirit did not say no. I used to joke around the fact that there was a season of my life that I couldn't wear a pair of jeans because I felt like the Holy Spirit would not allow me to wear a pair of jeans. And as flippant as that might sound, what's the big deal? Is it not the same far as I'm talking to you am wearing a pair of jeans? So... There was a season where that was going on. In retrospect, I felt like God was just trying to train me to know that I will be able to do without stuff because of what lies ahead. And indeed, to be a pastor, we have not learned to do without, which is the context to go to uh, Kingsley's principle. The context in which Paul said, I can do all things, is in the context of I've learned to be able to survive when there is plenty and when there is nothing. I can do all things through Christ. strengthens me and so that's very necessary for ministry there are times that your account is full and there are other times that your account is already a lot it's all good i can still do all things through christ who strengthens me through it all so sometimes the holy spirit will take you through some personal disciplines it's a pity that in certain other contexts and this is not to condemn any church or anything some people's personal disciplines, as general Vasya, as he has, they've casted that over to become a doctrine, to become a doctrine that is binding over everybody. But know your, know your God for yourself. Have a personal, vibrant relationship with the Holy Spirit. Speak to him, talk to him, let him speak back to you. Let him guide your thoughts, let him lead you to the resources he wants you to engage with. There's a season in our family, when I say family, basically, majorly my wife and I, when there are certain preachers that we would listen to on YouTube. And I was mentioning one, the name of one of them yesterday or the day before, and she was like, actually, it's been a long while since I listened to that man. And the same thing with me. And the reason is not because at any point in time, we found anything evidently wrong with him or his ministry or his preaching. It's just that the Holy Spirit has moved us on. And that still doesn't mean that if we bring something up again tomorrow to say, listen to what he said about that, we'll go on to listen to it. So basically I'm saying, be guided, be guided. And you don't have to overthink this. It's not that you can plan it all, but the Holy Spirit will lead you, especially by those promptings of restrictions or promptings of approval. So you just feel excited about doing something, even when every other person thinks it's foolish. And in some other cases, you just feel a check when you want to do stuff, especially if you're married. That check can be your wife. your husband. Thank God for marriage. Hallelujah. Anyways, um Henry, you can see your hand is raised. Please go for it. Okay. Um I was gonna say is
4: um I think like in in our present generation people are looking for approval or someone Mm -hmm. to like second their thoughts. So most times uh someone might have something in mind but they will not be very able to say it but they're Mm -hmm. looking for someone to like say something that aligns to what they think.
1: Validates what they believe. Validates,
4: yeah, what they believe. And sometimes it, I mean if, I know the Bible says that one of two or three, two, three is established, but sometimes majority doesn't mean the right thing. And mm. uh, I say I think it's somehow very it's, we should be very careful like as to what we put out on the house there. Because I'll give you an example like I, I one of my cousins, the guy would be like he enjoys one particular man of God. Mm. Not because of what the guy preaches, but I'm not like judging what the guy preaches, but I think for him, his major attraction is the guy's giving spirit.
3: Mm.
4: But again, for me, I think I, I would believe that present is not just about one act, mm. but mm. something like yeah, it's bigger than just a uh, you giving arms and those kind of things. So, some, so even if, um, example like the way Nigeria is now, if I come as a philanthropist and I feel like I start preaching a particular movement, I'm mm. sure I'll get followers. Because Mm -hmm. (laughs) you have things that people need. You give away
1: on Twitter. You go for followers.
4: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you give away, yeah, all those kind of things. So, but um, at the end, and if I if I do that and I turn the Bible upside down and preach things that against the Bible, Mm -hmm. I'm sure people would go with that because they'll think like, yeah, Jesus is a giver and Jesus cares about people's need and all those kind of things. So, someone that does that and whatever he says is right. So. uh, yeah, I think my, my main point would be like people, a lot of people are looking for a validation. Even in science, sometimes if you are, if you have a very stupid results, you're looking for a paper that's mm-hmm. that says something that's close to that. So exactly. just replace the paper and you can get away with that. So yeah, if there's any validations, sort of like yeah, but uh, I, but I think yeah, I strongly believe in Christian and kingdom matters. Um one validation doesn't actually like mean the right thing. Because I have I have a various example that was a story in the Bible, I think in the, the book of Kings. About mm-hmm. the old prophet and the young prophet mm-hmm. so even though the young prophet has a genuine word the old prophet came with experience and that to the guy and eventually the young prophet died from that whole mm-hmm. uh, story so yeah thank
1: you that's that's brilliant i think we've had a lovely um hangout i've learned so much this life here is it a question a contribution
5: no it's a contribution all
1: right go
3: on
5: i just want to use um i just want to talk about the weaker like the people that are weak in faith mm. and say that if um like you gave us three examples yesterday um you said there are some that don't want to grow they just want to you know remain in their position mm. and there are some that wants to grow and I've forgotten the third one, though. <laughs> no. yeah, some
1: are just freshly converted. so hey,
5: Yes, and some are it. freshly converted. Yeah. So um, I just want to do ones that are freshly converted and the ones that want to grow. For me, I think since the Bible says that you should increase in knowledge, it is very mm-hmm. important. For the ones that don't want to grow, I'm not so particular, but to say we should pray for them i just want to bring the the role of prayer to continue okay. to pray for people like new converts so that they grow and we to p- always pray for them that in as much as we are praying that as we're lifting jesus up if you bring men to the knowledge of their salvation yeah. but we should also pray for them that they have the spirit to increase in knowledge they want to know more yeah. so we should not just leave them and just pray that i uh, receive salvation But you're not following up with praying for them to want to increase. Because using myself as an example, while growing, I'm still growing. But Mm -hmm. before now, (laughs) I used to see a lot of people. Like Uh, there are many things that I did. I did through my like myself. It was just the things I wanted to do. mm -hmm. Trouser, I love trouser right from time because I went to military school all my life. Mm -hmm. So that's what I love to wear. So, and there are some things that it, it took me a while before knowing that I was also, in, there are some areas that I was also looking at people
3: mm.
5: to do them. And it took me a while to realize that people are also looking at me mm. to do things. Younger, my younger sisters are yeah. no, they respect me. They want, sister, uh, I first doing this, so they want to do it as well. So, my own is while I decided to like, not decision, but I prayed for the Spirit to grow. I was reading the Bible. I was also asking questions, you yeah. know, to grow better. This way, they will get to that point when the Holy Spirit will teach you by himself, because it got to a point that I nobody had to tell me if I needed to use with one or if I needed to remove my long earrings or if I needed not to use bangles or anything, I got the conviction for myself, Mm -hmm. you see. So there was a point that literally I threw everything away and I was like, you know, deal with me yourself, (laughs) oh yeah. And I was really dealt with and I understood better. There was a point I would look at Sister Anu and say, okay, let me to do natural hair. And there was a point I would look at, I would look at some um wife and be yeah. like, you know, I want to be as fine as, you know, these are still be as fine as Sister Anu. And, you know, you'll just be confused. Mm-hmm. So you just need a personal conviction. And that's, I'm just bringing, I'm just contributing to the fact of the role of prayer to people yeah. that as they are, um um they're coming to the knowledge of salvation we should also pray that they want to increase in knowledge amen
1: that's very very helpful thank you very much um of course people don't those categories or or types as it's that i was highlighting yesterday it's not like you definitely would necessarily know outrightly um it's not like everybody writes it on their head that i don't want to grow in fact nobody admits that they don't want to grow um but by the time you start engaging people um, in certain areas and you start seeing that willing, um, willing, not willing, unwillingness to be open to learn, um, it can, that those can be one of the most difficult people that you would want to reach out to. So rather than wasting your resources and energy, as the spirit leads, prayer is always a very helpful resource, always knowing that you are not the Holy Spirit, by the way. Um, you can't force influence on people, you can only do what you can. You model Christ and you hand them over to the one that is able to do what you cannot do. So that's, that's some helpful advice. Thank you, Anna, as we wrap up.
2: Yeah, um, Henry, but Dr. Henry had something more to say.
1: Okay. I, think. I thought it was from the previous contribution that the end was up. But yeah. And oh, yeah, have... it was well, the
4: previous contribution,
1: oh,
3: oh, okay.
2: Okay. I, I was just gonna say, like one of the one of the um things that can help us is also t- mentoring. You mm-hmm. know how you're saying that none of us here are leaders in our church. So we're not we're unable to change, change the policy. Mm-hmm. But then non- non-threatening mentoring can help also. Mm-hmm. say i think someone said i'm, I'm not sure if it's damn um brother that said something like if this if the young person had someone to talk to at the end, so when they actually go into um go into the scene say for example when i was at uni in birmingham i was on my own the first time in my life on my own and obviously i was surrounded with lots of interesting new things that i've never seen before in my career and i don't even live in Lagos, so i'm not even I'm not open to things that Lagos people are. I'm like my house is like Akure. Like the first time I went to Lagos, I, my mouth was wide. Like, wow, can this be? Then I went. Then I went to Birmingham. But what what helped me basically? What I'm trying to say. What helped me is I had an auntie there in my church. She was she 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 mentored me in a very non-threatening way. I don't like opening up and talking to people. She understood that about me. But you will see her call me once in the world and say, Anu, are you okay? You sound sick. I'll make some for you. Those tiny, tiny things. She didn't actually say, oh, I want to mentor you. You need to do this. But I unfolded somehow, mm. opened up to her and she became like my person, person. Like I and her will not just like, hey, what's, what's happening in your life, your boyfriend? We don't do those girly talk. It was just structured. But because I had that I had her in my life, so to say it's not, I'm not saying that she's all that didn't make me go do stupid things, but just her being there contributed to my sense of well-being in a new country without my parents or my brothers and nothing to do. So I'm just saying that in our own sphere, we should reach out to anybody. Don't just want to crack up and just be holy on your own. Be holy together. Like, let's be messy together, exchange children. Somebody should go and take David from um, Kingsley's house and just be with him. Like, let's be as vulnerable as we can be with each other. Like, I know our culture says things like it should be um, what's that word, color? It should be circumspect. It should be,
3: ah,
2: don't do your things where people know what you're doing, be careful, there are enemies up and down. But we've been living this enemy world and still we are still struggling, man. So there's something we have we have to change our attitude to things, to people. You see people that don't look like you don't have your own concept. Like I try sometimes to be nice to people that I know that are very nasty. And they continue being nasty. And when I want to give up, those people say, you are the me they see. They can only do this because they know you won't retaliate. So if you do retaliate, who would they Who would? Who would they be able to do this to? So sometimes most of us, our colleagues are our colleagues might be the does, being, does the, the throw things at you. You yeah. just have to own up to what we are. Let's find a purpose in our Christianity. Like, who are you? Apart from for the fact that you have faith, that you can pray, you can speak in tongue. How are you contributing to the community? Your church? How are you loving that very nasty auntie that won't even, that will, you will greet and will look at you like, eh? Mm, I beg you. Like, how do you, if, we can love them, if Jesus can love us, then we can love them. We don't have to be friends with them or invite them to our room and be jisting orishi orish with them. But just that pure love of how are you? Are you okay? Ah, can you go? pure respect without no no attachment? I think it would it would bring us to the point where one of us might just choose to say, "Oh, my my one of going my going to drugs," but be open to say. I'm having this addiction can you guys pray for me that openness that vulnerability so that we don't suffer alone and like all said the blow is coming not coming around but yeah we're in a war and we'll receive blows. so it might be first blow today let's help you first so that when it comes our turn that be someone strong standing now be able to help us block the ball blow, blows and and just makes help, help us stand upright sorry i'm talking so
1: much Thank- No, you And you have a gift of Newton before you finish the last words. Oh, I was trying to be (laughs) was
3: Trying to buy time.
1: (laughs) That's okay. Um. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's that's really up. I think that's a nice place to tie it all together and land. Um. What we've been talking about tonight. I think we can all go away with that statement from um Damilare. I've actually typed it down so that. I mean, just before he said it, and I was like, "Oh, wow, spot on!" That we are all influencers, basically. We are all influencers, and we should bear that in mind. That means, as much as you're a mentee of some people, you're also a mentor to other people. I always cringe at the word mentor. If I went, God told me to start a live mentorship group, 2015. First, first question I was asking myself is, who is mentoring who? And then of course I had this. I wanted to be like people that I'm older than. So I, I, in my mind, I was like, just people between 18 and I think 24, 25 or something like that, that I wanted to do that with. But of course that has gone on over the years. And it's as simple as you just being yourself and being willing to be generous with what's going on in your world that somebody else needs to know. And anybody can do that anybody can and when people see that you are genuinely interested in them and they know that you are not coming with a hopper hand or high hand or i know it or i'm the perfect one when they see that you're, you acknowledge the fact that you are a case as much as they are a case nobody likes to to be the one having to deal with someone that is perfect the reason why some people are i don't want to say um what's the word put away from christianity it's because they feel like uh you now be dealing with that god that is perfect what they didn't understand is that to be a christian is actually to also receive his perfection as a gift which is as good as it can get but if you don't have that understanding and you're thinking how could i possibly measure up to the standard of that kind of a god no just leave me to my own and things like that but yeah if you would be that, you would have, have, have enjoyed interesting conversations in my life. And when you see the fruits of you doing it once or twice, you would naturally be inspired to do it more and to make that your lifestyle. One of my joys is when someone sent me a message one evening and said, just three lines. I slept with him and he's a married man. And I'm sorry. The fact that someone could know that, at least I have someone I can say something like that to, like. In the heat of our remorse, she was just like, I need to, I can't bottle this thing up. I need to say someone. On the day I had a friend that came to talk about, I'm, I'm struggling drug wise and, you know, these kind of addictions and things like that. People don't just come to anybody to share those kind of things with. It's because they know that one, you won't be judgmental, and two, you yourself, you know that it is, just like I was saying the other time, it's by the grace of God. <laughs> If not, maybe me too. I'll have three packs of all sorts of issues um somewhere in the and I still have my issues actually, but the grace of God and his mercy is sorting me out and helping me to become better and better by the day. God bless you. Um thanks for turning up. I mean, when we say ask anything, might I was thinking maybe nobody
8: would even come like,
1: then what are we going to be doing? Well, <laughs> I've learned so much uh, from all our contributions and I've enjoyed, I think we should do this again some other time, hopefully soon. And just use that to interject our critical question series. But next meeting in two weeks, that's going to be on the 17th, even right. So our next meeting on the 17th, we'll go back to our series. I think it's sister Nato that would be taking that, but we'll send out the, the Rota on the mass group and then to every other person that is also um, interested. And if you want to join the WhatsApp group for that, so that whatever conversations we are having that has to do with mass, you are also in on it. Feel free to let me know or Anu or any other contact via which you've got to join tonight's meeting and we'll add you to the group and you, yeah, meet other people over there.